0: This episode is powered by DEN Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. Welcome to Den Talks, this is Tal Rabinowitz, your host and founder of Den Meditation. Today we have Ari Katz, she's co-founder and co-CEO of Seed. It's a company that combines scientists, doctors, innovators, entrepreneurs, and storytellers from around the world, and they research and promote the potential of the microbiome. Don't worry, we explain what that is later. Basically, they're raising the bar in bacteria, and not only educating us in the process, but they're creating incredible products that benefit us all. They've started with their male and female symbiotic, which is a probiotic and prebiotic together. Now, why are we doing this episode? Because the microbiome is essential to our health and happiness and balance. This all connects, and I promise it's going to make sense. She is the smartest woman. There's no other person you'd want talking about this. She came from the world of film. She started multiple tech businesses, and through a dark moment in her life, which we do chat about, she switched careers and came up with the idea for Seed. Look, her brilliance does not go unnoticed. She was named in Marie Claire's The New Guard, the 50 Most Influential Women in America. She was listed in Business Insider's Silicon Valley Top 100 and also their 36 Rockstar Women in New York City Tech. She's an impressive woman, and she has the ability to break down what the microbiome is in a digestible way, no pun intended, and she explains how it affects so much of our health, immunity, gut issues, skin, hair, and possibly even depression, She gives us tangible takeaways, I promise, on how we can balance our own ecosystem and also the things we can pay attention to or eliminate that actually harm it. We also dig into how science can be spiritual and is spiritual. She has such a beautiful point of view on the world, the importance of asking questions and letting things constantly evolve. She empowers you not only to question what's being presented to you on the science front, in every aspect of your life. By the end of this episode, you're going to want their probiotic for sure. And the good news is they're offering our listeners a special promo code. So just stay tuned in the episode. We give you all the details. We hope you enjoy this conversation. And if you want to continue it, please join our closed Facebook group, Dentalks Podcast. Now I get to sit here with Ara Katz. She's been known as a serial entrepreneur. She's a mom of a three-year-old and now co-founder of Seed, a company that believes in the potential that the microbiome can change human and planetary health. They're not only creating products that are on the cutting edge of microbiome research, but they're determined to educate the consumer as well, which is what I love. Because it's not just like, hi, I'm an entrepreneur, I wanna make money. This is like something you actually believe and you're like, I want to change how people think about this and I want people to understand it. So let me just say right up front, I know some of you are probably like, yeah, I totally get microbiome and other people are probably like, what the fuck is this episode gonna be about? let it be known, I'm really not educated in this world at all. So I will be asking questions. Some of them might be dumb, but hopefully that'll help you guys actually stay involved and know that I promise you we're going to like simplify some stuff because Ara is amazing. And she's one of the most brilliant people I've ever sat with. So let's talk about that though. The fact that you are so passionate about this from a personal place as well. And it's twofold. It's a personal of what you've learned. You've always been kind of attached to kind of the science and health, just part of life and how it affects you. And then also on that, you've also been very much about empowerment and understanding, so teaching people. But let's start with the personal as far as like how you even started getting attracted to this area because in your entrepreneurial world, this wasn't always where you lived.
1: Right, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a beautiful place to start. I think <clears throat> I, first of all, my mom died when I was 17. I remember printing out clinical trials in my high school computer lab oh my God. and trying to kind of make sense of what it means to be trying to address something, a pathology in this case, cancer, pancreatic cancer. Um, and understand where the science is while also watching a, a human kind of go through pathology and watching what happens to a human body when you get sick and what happens when, um, you know, you have it was, it was kind of interesting because it was like the perfect dichotomy of there be Reiki healers coming through my home <laughs> <laughs> while we were also trying to figure out like clinical trials. And so my mom had a really interesting like openness to Eastern medicine. And I think I think that often comes when you get to a place of desperation, which is why I think a lot of functional integrative medicine doctors, you know, a lot of people discover autoimmune things and gut health at the end of a very long journey of struggling to figure something out about their bodies. That's so interesting. Um, I I think it's like a last resort. Yeah. Last resort. And then also it's why so many of these, um, a lot of the more Eastern or functional integrative doctors kind of end up being the, knights in shining armor or the lights at the end of the tunnel, because even if they don't have all, all the answers, they've been oriented around quote unquote, like gut health, um, for much longer than a lot of like Western medicine has been. Um, unfortunately Eastern, you know, but of course that was paired with not really understanding it on any kind of scientific level, but it was more rooted or grounded in, you know, Chinese medicine, um,'s orientation around uh, the gut or, um, the doshas that come from Ayurvedic medicine, Or even some, you know, even back to Hippocrates who said all disease starts in the gut. So I think there was always this notion that there was something kind of in there. But
0: it's so interesting we've steered. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I love talking about science and spirituality Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's so interesting we've steered so far away from it. Just like, same thing with like religion Mm -hmm. and spiritual talk Mm -hmm. as well. And now all of a sudden we're all getting back there in all the industries. Mm -hmm. I feel like people are starting to pay more attention again.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I still think, and I'll go back to your other question of how I got, you know, got here, but. I still think there's a really interesting thing that's happening um, in the spiritual world and the people who... Look, We, I think the greatest disease that we're all suffering from right now is confirmation bias, which is you find a modality or a, a framework or something you wanna believe about your body, the way you wanna be in your body, the way you wanna treat people, the way you wanna be in your life, and you seek out only the things that continue to reinforce that framework, that modality, that belief system. And it's so easy to do that now because just well, information. Algorithms. Is That's how algorithms work. Well,
0: algorithms, and it, there's so much information, so you Correct. can literally, and you're not going to yes. read everything because no one has the time. Yes. So you're only going to read what pleases you.
1: Yeah, and I think, and 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 or what what makes you feel safe, right? So so, and this is on like every level. Is what every you're level, saying. So I mean, whether it's, it be about it's how we
0: elected our president. Yeah. Um, so whether it be political, whether it be dietary needs, wellness, or like you said, if you're sick and you're trying to figure something out exactly. about mm-hmm. getting better. Or a religion. Yes.
1: Wow. Yeah, and I, so I think, you know, I always I always say science, science is actually, like, the most spiritual practice, and I sometimes find, like, the more modern forms of spirituality dogmatic and actually not spiritual, or I should say not integrous with what I believe was some of the original intentions of spirituality, particularly if you look at, like, Buddhism, for example, which has, like, really a practice of non-attachment, well, science in the scientific method is this idea that you have an idea, you have a hypothesis. You are not attached to the outcome. You create and construct a, a set of conditions under which you can test an idea, um, a, a compound, uh, a, a treatment, a um, something psychological, I mean, any number of things. And then you observe um, with a number of data points the outcome. And then you draw some conclusion and or iterate and decide whether or not more observation um, or investigation is needed,
0: but I love that it's so beautiful because and people who doesn't want to live that way, right? But people <laughs> would look
1: at science sometimes
0: and be like, "It's so rigid. Yes. It's one singular belief." And yes. you're basically saying, "No, it's fluid," and yes. the whole point is to keep evolving. Correct. Which spirituality should be Correct. the same too. It should never be rigid. It should always be evolving
1: mm-hmm. with you. Yes, but I think what I, where I was headed, and, and maybe this won't be popular with that's fine your, your audience. That's totally is fine. That I find that the the dogmatic quality with which people believe in things like whether it's GMOs, whether it's vaccinations, whether it's a specific modality of nutrition or a way of eating or a way of living, um, or the or the conflation of science with big pharma and Western medicine is fundamentally like not serving us. Um, and I think it's incredibly specifically hypocritical of many of the parts of the spiritual or Eastern medicine community, because those are meant to be these places that are stewards or beacons of openness and open-mindedness and systems thinking and how things fit together. But they otherize science a lot. And I think that there's a I – have, I have a lot of problems with that. By the way,
0: I don't think that's actually – I mean, maybe it will offend someone in mm-hmm. our audience. But the reason I don't is – the den was created literally with that whole purpose. Yes, it was always, yeah, it was always mm-hmm. about believe what you need to believe mm-hmm. and explore that because it might change. I mean, for everyone, things change, but learn who you are and what yes. that works for you. Mm-hmm. So, you sitting next to someone in class should not necessarily have exactly the same beliefs just because you're taking the same class. Right. And we support that. If anything, mm-hmm. I'm all for that because I don't think anyone feels true happiness or feeling settled within their own body until they actually know who
1: they are. Right. And, and but I think. A lot of getting to decisions about, you know, like what you're going to eat, whether or not you're going to get take antibiotics, whether or not you're going to get a vaccine, whether or not um, you're going to look further into this whole GMO thing. Maybe it could feed a lot of um, children in developing countries who don't have access to vitamin A and maybe the best way to 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 serve them is to genetically modify rice. Maybe um, Monsanto does some very bad things. Um, and some things that they has had long-term consequences. Um, maybe there are people internally at a company that are trying to do good things. I'm not advocating for any pharma or Monsanto or anything, but the intolerability the binary thinking is not serving us. And I see that, and I think uh, to go back to your original question. Can or
0: you say that uh, again? Because I love that quote, the intolerability. <laughs> do you even remember what you said? <laughs> I'm
1: so present. I don't remember what I said. Um <laughs> The intolerability and, and the binary qualities of, of the way we are currently thinking in reaction to what we believe are very binary thinkers, i.e. what's happening in politics, is just not serving us. I totally and agree. And the same people whose entire foundations are based on openness and... Um, and, and integrative and systems thinking and, and the people who are, I believe, the heal, like the real people who can be stewards of healing in this world. It will come from bridge building. Um, and not from island building.
0: Oh my God, I lo- I mean, you guys, I got to say, I was not expecting to have this conversation, which I love because, I mean, you you are in a science world right now, and this is just not what you'd normally expect. But you know what? That's what we do here, so I'm glad we're having it because I think it is such a beautiful take
1: on science. It and, really is. Yeah, and I think I think if you, like we always talk about, you know, what it means to live scientifically, and I'll, I'll get to why the microbiome is kind of the perfect bridge. We're going to um, get to everything. I'm not worried. Bridge. um <laughs> And and it is much more bridge than an island, which I think is a really important um and it's an invisible one that connects all of us, which we can get to. But, you know, I think that there's um you know, what happened in in my life was, you know, I had my mom my mom die. Um, I was an athlete, so I think when you're an athlete and you're a young and you're a kid, I think it puts you in your body in a way that um, a lot of kids, I think, come to, into their bodies in different ways. And I think being an athlete just happens to be one, one path. But you end up looking at your body very transactionally, which is it needs to perform and do X. And so um, in some ways, I think it's good because you're very aware. In other ways, I think you end up wiring around some things around the body that might not be... Um, serve you as you it's grow up so, so true for me by the mm-hmm. way because I was a huge athlete yeah. too I such a tomboy that. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah and it's funny you said that because I struggle even now exercising and like working out and people are always surprised because I'm lucky I'm small and I'm like no honestly and I know when it ha- stopped like in college I played in college and but I stopped like halfway through mm-hmm. and when I stopped I stopped working out because it was mm-hmm. transactional for me yes. it was I work out every day, I run, I go to the gym so I can perform better on that field. My summers I'd work my ass off so that when I came back for doubles, like in the fall, like I was ready to go. Mm. And finally I just had an injury and it wasn't worth it. I was like, I'm at a division three school, what am I doing here? Like (laughs) I've got an injury, like let me go enjoy some college. And it was hilarious. I tried so hard to get back in the gym, and it's still been a struggle mm-hmm. because I developed it so transactionally. It's funny that you said yeah. that. For me, it was all about performance. It was never about like just my own. Right now in my forties,
1: I'm starting to get it. Where I'm like, I need I to just, lube up. Like yeah. I need to just lube the joints. I'm <laughs> totally. feeling it. I mean, yoga yoga became my my place because I actually ended up. I went to school in Boston, and I ended up. Um, Finding, I guess at the time it was called power yoga when I was like 17 or 18. It was right after my mom died and it was like the perfect bridge between being an athlete but also really probably needing Some um, to be in my like body. Chill. And and it was interesting because I started at Baron Baptiste's uh, studio in Porter Square in Boston was where I really learned yoga, um, which is such an interesting... Uh, it was actually I took a, a class from him at Summit Series last summer and it was like I started crying so, so hard. it brought um, you back. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, I remember being in And how was it not yeah. to go off subject yeah.
0: completely, but how was – I mean, so your mom passed away your senior mm-hmm. year, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. right, 17? Yes. And then you go to college where nobody yes. knows you, nobody knows her. Yeah. So oh. in some ways, like, I'm sure in some ways that was actually nice because you didn't have to talk about it or be looked at mm-hmm. as that woman or girl. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, was it awful because you actually never pro- – like, did you not process because of that?
1: Um, I think <laughs> – Sorry. I'm sure my husband would say... then we'll talk say, about the microbiome. my husband would say there's a lot of things it. you have. It's a lot of process. <laughs> um, I think... So... I never ended up. My mom was so sick senior year that I just went to the only place that invited me to place sc- for um, tennis, which was Tufts. So I, went I didn't to Tufts. get to so go. We never talk about
0: this. We never talked about this. We'll do this mm-hmm. offline because we could do this offline. We're both division three. We're athletes. both division three athletes. <laughs> we're going to talk about this later. You said Porter, and I was like, world, she either went to Harvard one. or she went to Tufts. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it later. Literally.
1: No, and so no, no, I, I'm not the, the asshole that went to Harvard and says I went to school in Boston. <laughs> 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 they do exist. <laughs> they do. Um, but i think what what happened was i didn't get to see any schools um and so i just went to the first place that accepted me for early admission but i actually ended up going there because my mom's two best friends from childhood who are like my mom my second moms were in boston and so it ended up just being a really uh probably like the softest landing mm-hmm. um yeah and 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 actually my but i had a little sister i had a little sister she was 11 when my mom died oh, so wow. that was really um, that was, you know, it's hard to like, but like, her. here's
0: everyone like freshman year where mm-hmm. it's like, yay, let's party. Who um, are you? Are you my new best friend? Are you not my new best friend? Mm-hmm. Fun,
1: fun. Like, where were you? You know, <laughs> the answer is I was a New York city kid that had done all of that by the age of 15 and I probably wouldn't have given a shit any, I anyway. Get it? Um, yeah. and I think that I, from like, I had drank everything I need to drink. I had tried all the drugs. Like I had done a lot of that by the time I got to college. So I think I was, I, I was, I, oh, I was, and continue to be, and most people are surprised by this sometimes because um, I have a wide network, but I, I'm really a loner. And I believe that actually. The answer was on Friday nights. I would sit in the video li- film library. I'm obsessed with film, and I spent most of my 20s making films, and always wanted to be a filmmaker, and and made made a number of films, um, right, and kind of knew that's what I always wanted to do was be a storyteller. Probably where I funneled some of this. Um, feeling? And and I, the answer is on Friday night, um, well, after I sold weed to a bunch of frack kids, <laughs> uh, I would mostly spend my time in like in the film library by myself. And I spent a lot of time by myself. I spent a lot of time with my professors too, um, that I was like drawn to. And I spent a lot of time in Boston at my godmother's homes or whatever, but I mostly knew I, I don't think I wanted to be at school. I get that. I think I knew I already wanted to work. i had already, like, had internships. I always, you know, and so every chance I had, whether it was, like, interim ships, I guess they call it, so, like, Christmas break, and then summers, I was working in film companies, and I was already, like, going and, like, working on movies, and I just kind of knew... I I've... I've I have always had like a foot out off campus. Like I, w- I don't feel like I'm yeah, really you weren't engaged, the like yeah. going to the typical no, college but I experience. did, and I did have some good friends. I did have friends. I mean, I had friends, and I <laughs> and I would go out, but I it wasn't. Um, I'd I wouldn't say I had the typical college experience.
0: Were you um scientifically minded always,
1: or did the death of your mom actually um, bring that out in you? I think I've always been really science and technology have always been incredibly interesting to me, particularly the the intersection of like um. Design and storytelling and like art and science and technology. Um, when I was, you know, in college, I taught myself like HTML very early on. and was like coding, like I still my, my uncle's like insurance company <laughs> website, you know. And I and, and and those were things. I think I was always had a proclivity towards tech and science. Um, I think came came through my. I've always been really curious about how things work. So I've always kind of over indexed and like going deep on something and like understanding it. And I think health just happened to be more the thing that came from dissatisfaction, which was, I just was, I'm a big skeptic. And I, I I think I've always loved understanding like how I don't take something someone just tells me or sells me at face value. Um, And so I think one of the things that I, I found both as an athlete, but then coming into, I think one of the things that people don't talk a lot about for, for women's health is how, you know, biology is agency. You know, like you can add, I, I think about feminism and like the new, this kind of new feminist movement, but I mean, you can be a such better advocate for your body and for your health and for policy if you understand how your body works. And most um, of us don't. And most of us don't. Yeah. I mean, I always, I always tell people like most people, particularly, I guess, in LA can talk to you for an hour about, um, what they're eating, um, and what diet they're on and why they're, what di- why they're not on seven other diets. But don't understand Literally why. Literally ask them how digestion works. Not one people, not one person can tell you past your mouth. Maybe your esophagus, maybe your stomach, small intestine. Like most people have n- fundamentally no understanding of like what happens. And and if they did, they'd never drink. They'd never try and alkalize their body.
0: It right. It, I mean, it's This <laughs> it's is why fact, I love biologically. But this impossible. is why I love what you do because the company you guys should check out their website c because it is very informative. Mm-hmm. And you are all about teaching. And so, how did you then make the switch from everything you were doing to all of a sudden? This, like you did leave a job pretty abruptly, which I think is amazing too.
1: uh, Worse than that, I left a company I (laughs) co-founded in tech where like there aren't that many female co-founders. So I I spent a long time making films and storytelling um, and then really wanted to move into like the startup world. And I I built a couple um, tech companies, one in kind of like internet, web and e-commerce, the second in mobile. But I think when I was commuting from LA to New York for ugh. My, the mobile, com- yeah, right. <laughs> my body thought, ugh, because I had a miscarriage, um, and I think it was just like a, the perfect the misca- My miscarriage was kind of my um, just the perfect moment for like my body to kind of just remind me that probably the life I was living wasn't viable. Um, that life inside me wasn't viable. Not right time. What, what you know, whatever biologically was was kind of going on, um, and it was really just the moment where I was like, this is just not the life I want to be living. I I shouldn't be like virgin American stewardesses shouldn't know my name. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a healthy thing. Um, And I think that that moment, that night of my DNC, um, I wrote a resignation letter to my partners. And I just, you know, it's it's not them, it's me. Um, And there's a million reasons and, and data points that went into that moment. But I think it was a very, very conscious, like, This is just not the life I want to be living. And if I'm going to be working this hard, it better be for something where I can make a tremendous impact in the world. But it's interesting because, once Mm -hmm. again, indirectly, like Mm -hmm. science and spirituality were connected. It's like the science of your
0: body totally made you make a whole different decision that you didn't even question. That
1: if someone asked you to make that decision Mm -hmm. two weeks prior, you probably wouldn't have made it. Yes, correct. Um, Absolutely. And I I think that, like, our bodies are incredible there, there. Everyone's ho- you know obsessed with personalization and biohacking and quantified self and using apps and and all these things. But I actually think there's many biomarkers um, that we don't pay attention to. Like, that, like your poop. Well, let's talk
0: about it. I love shit. Like I can talk about shit all the time. But like, what are certain? I mean, like we what, talk about poop all the time. But what are like it? the most obvious things about your poop that people? I mean, everything from you know regular. <laughs> like, what is
1: regular? Okay, regular I know this is. sounds ridiculous, but like, what is regular? Uh, it dep- i mean the truth is it, it does. On it you. does depend but um you know one to two bowel movements a day is regular um there's there's biomarkers like regularity hydration of your stool consistency color um ease of expulsion <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. shouldn't be doing that, shouldn't, nope, shouldn't <laughs> doing that. it should, it should, it should, it should, it should um, yeah it shouldn't, shouldn't should, shouldn't flow. Like should, <laughs> flow. should <laughs> flow should be easy um, well can we talk about this for yes. a second
0: sidebar and then we're gonna get to the microbiome because we're both married yes um so speaking of ease of flow yes if according to this all men basically have irregular poops because they're all in the bathroom for like 45 mm. minutes Yep. it drives me crazy yeah,
1: that I think that and the conversation uh, I always have I with my husband, cultural. I'm like, I know, I'm always like, well, my husband takes seeds, so it's pretty fast. <laughs> oh, so,
0: but I'm always like, you're either ready or you're not. Like, I don't understand what to tell you if it's ready. It tells you it's ready, and you go, and it comes out. Like, I don't understand what the 45 minute wait is. Um, I mean, I
1: think you can probably thank the iPhone for that.
0: <laughs> oh, I know, but it's all, even pre. It's like pre it, that, it, and it, it, it is it, cultural. It, pre that it was just newspapers and. I was like, if you yeah. were the only one in the house taking care of everything, those poops would come out
1: a lot faster. Hundred <laughs> percent. Although I do, I, I have found myself in the moments where I feel like everything is kind of crazy, I will, like, just go to the bathroom <laughs> oh, I, I to just, like... By the way, I get it. I like, do, too. I think I could use this two minutes.
0: <laughs> I mean, speaking of tough, like, I've studied for finals on the toilet. Yes, so like, yeah. And my <laughs> husband came in the other day. He goes, are you peeing cross-legged? I'm like, mm. I'm reading. <laughs> 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 I finished peeing. Now I'm reading. So I That's get amazing. it. I'm all for the yes. library of yeah. it all. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know... No,
1: but truthfully, I mean, you should... I mean, <laughs> TMI. Um, I mean with a potty squatty or probably with the <laughs> p- correct posture, um, theoretically it shouldn't, but you know, you can think Victorian era plumbing for the fact that, you know, mo- royalty didn't want to sit near the ground with the lay, pe- with, you know, with all the lay people. And so we ended up with, uh, Wait, a mechanism by so Which we go to the bathroom that is, um, you know, I mean, we should just be squatting because if you squat, it just comes right, right out and there's really very, very little difficulties. We we've caught, I mean, the way basically rich people caused a lot of problems what, <laughs> what else and then I want to go back to other biomarkers just, just, I mean really just the just the 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 architecture of the experience of going to the bathroom yeah um, put our bodies in a shape that is not you know it's not natural. conducive I mean, so what most are other most, most many many other I mean many other cultures just squat um, and they have zero GI issues
0: which is fascinating because we have so many resources yeah. to never have
1: like any issues 68 million <laughs> Americans are constipated Have experienced chronic constipation. And so
0: how much, and I do want to go to biomarkers, how much do you think that is connected to nutrition,
1: biome, gut health, all of that, and how much of it is stress? Or is it all, like, they're all connected. They're all connected. They're all connected. connected. Um, But I I would say, I mean, the American, the American Western diet is, I mean, I would say the fundamental thing that's missing from it is fiber. Um, And that obviously is incredibly impactful, impactful around the biomarkers we were talking about and around GI health.
0: So what are other biomarkers that are obvious that we all have every day and we're just not paying attention to?
1: Um, I mean, I think there's a, well, actually a study came out last year. This is not scientific, meaning it's, there was a scientific study, but I, I, I have juries out how conclusive it is actually there's some some really interesting studies around like the this the um sallowness of someone's face or and the clarity of eyes uh-huh. um which i thought was really really interesting which a lot of chinese you know a lot of eastern modalities. yeah because they're like stick eyes. out your tongue but they're starting to kind of put some put some data around that um yeah. i think your skin is a really interesting biomarker like the um uh hydration, um, the, whether or not you have any kind of like from an inflammatory response perspective, I mean, psoriasis and eczema and atopic dermatitis, I mean, these are all things that, um, you know, you can kind of uh, understand, like, cause we now are starting to understand the mechanisms, um, that are happening, uh, internally, um, that trigger a lot of those kind of superficial, um, inflammatory responses.
0: So let's talk about the microbiome, mm-hmm. explain what it is, because sure. I, cause the question I just wanted to ask you, and I yes. feel like would be mm-hmm. how much of is the gut connected mm-hmm. to autoimmune, but I feel like we should start sure. then talking about what the gut is and autoimmune and what Absolutely. The microbiome, I feel like we should do that. Yes. I promise um, you guys yes, microbiome are going to do it.
1: <laughs> the microbiome. Is the collection, the technical definition is that it's the collection of genes that are expressed by, but the easiest way to understand it is that it's the collection of bacteria, the microorganisms, 38 trillion of them that live in and on your body. Um, actually, we, we now know there's also something called an exosome that you have a bacterial cloud that actually um, surrounds you. So Ooh, it's, it's spiritual like a bacterial thing. aura. <laughs> aura. Yeah, so in the spiritual world they call it an aura. But actually, there's microbes um, that kind of like yep. um, are they different are colors? Cloud. Purple, gray? I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> have, and we all, just, and, have we just have we just solved every everything? Every microbe correlates with your chakra birth, with your birth, yeah, with, with a chakra and also um, astrologically with <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I know everyone's writing it down. What's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. The red microbes. <laughs> um, and so that the microbiome is the collection of bacteria. <clears throat> Again, 38 trillion microorganisms, about three to five pounds of your body. That's put that crazy. In um,
0: and unfortunately you guys, you need it. So you can't get rid yes. of that to get skinnier.
1: Um, no, but microbes and metabolism, um, definitely are, you know, met- your metabolic health and, and, and um, weight loss or will be increasingly, uh, Meaningful, and that bridge will be incoming incredibly clear in the coming in the coming years, and from a from a research perspective, interesting.
0: There's a, so healthy bacteria, and you're, well, and you also call it an ecosystem a lot.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, we are an ecosystem. I mean, if you think of yourself, you're you're a coral reef. Um, I mean, you're not human. Um, in the sense that you have about, I mean, you're about fifty fifty in terms of human cells and microorganisms in your body. So that's so crazy fifty percent human cells. None of us think about cancer. the
0: microorganisms, so that's no, such an amazing, amazing way think of thinking we, about it.
1: It's you know it's. Very topical um, here, especially there's a number of people over the journey of building seed that I've talked a lot to who come from the meditation world that tell me that now after kind of to- uh, talking with me or, or reading some of our material when they meditate, they now think about their microbes, which I think is such an interesting way of um, thinking about it. And there's a lot of writing to you about how the microbiome is redefining our sense of self. Because if you no longer orient yourself as a human um, and you think about yourself as this kind of ecosystem and this, this system of checks and balances that wants to be in stasis, that wants to be in balance, which is how e- any ecosystem kind of survives and, and persists, um, it's a really beautiful idea of like, well, then what could you be doing and what are the choices you could be making that serve this ecosystem? Um, so and it's an interesting way. Two, to I have it. two questions on mm-hmm.
0: that and then I want to talk about the things we can yes. do to serve it. Yeah. Um what is is it one larger ecosystem with many, many ecosystems? or is it just yes. many one? Like it's, a great qu-
1: it's an amazing question. So the majority of microbes are in your are in your gut, which par- partially why like the gut has been like euphemistically kind of conflated with microbiome, but like actually there's a microbiome. Really any external, any surface of your, of your body that touches um, that's external to the world has an ecosystem. Uh, just last week at a neuroscience conference, they're starting to understand that actually even the brain um, may have its own microbiome. Wow. which they thought the brain was sterile. Um, prior, prior to that. Wow. Um, earlier, last couple of years, one of the things that's been really dispelled is this notion that a baby, you're an infant um, embryo is ster- sterile, placenta is sterile, and that the first microbial exposure is in the vaginal canal. Um, but now we're starting to understand that there are microbes present um, in the placenta and the embryo. Um, there are microbes that uh, migrate from the oral microbiome of a mother. Um, down um, prior to birth, where, whereas before we thought that the seeding process, the reason we're called seed is because um, an infant's first exposure to microbes is called the process of seeding. Oh, wow. Because it's what seeds your microbiome. It's a biological term um, and it's the process um, that forms, you know, your infant's immune system, um, GI system.
0: Now, so everyone has their own microbiome. Yes, it does. It's you like
1: a as snowflake. It's as <laughs> it it unique. It weighs more. It's <laughs> as unique as um, your thumbprint, you know, your fingerprint.
0: And... But you do, but there is something genetic in it, is what you're saying. It does come from... So microbes express
1: genes. So the... the, I was just giving you more of the biological definition, which is really the, the true, true biological definition is it's the collection of genes that are expressed by the microbes that are in and on you. But the easiest way to think about the microbiome and to understand it is to just think of it. It's the collection of microbes, the 38 trillion that live in and on your body to your question about, are there different ecosystems? So the microbiome is the collection of all of those, but you can also talk about your skin microbiome, which if you think one really cool um, way, to th- way to understand it is that my, my, my skin microbiome on my forearm is more similar to your microbiome on your forearm than your forearm is to your mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's how different it's, like, t- if you think, like, your mouth is a tundra, my forearm is the desert, you know, my my um, my gut is the rainforest. Like right. So these two these deserts are going to be more alike, even correct. though they're still their yes. own desert. Yes. So Which is, is a beautiful idea for society.
0: It really is, though. So is there a way, though, that, like, you could take a test and figure mm-hmm. out exactly what your
1: microbiome for any area is yes, made of? Yes, there are different. Um, the answer is... There are this more sophisticated ways of doing that, um, which probably are not really like the home diagnostic kits. Um, but the answer is yes, you can. And you're on your way probably getting there in science. Um, th- no, there are places like, well, like for example, one of our partners is Baylor College of Medicine in Texas, where we can do full metagenomic sequencing on, on bacteria that's present, you know, anywhere. Um, but uh, what, I, what I just mean is that the kits or the things you can kind of buy online are often not um, great. Uh, Capture it, capturing the full yeah microbiota.
0: So, what happens when? First of all, how often, like
1: when you're born, are you in balance at that moment? No, and actually, it's a it's a beautiful question. So, no, you're really st- so a third of the carbohydrates in breast milk are not digestible by the infant's human body. Um, they're only food. They're only fertilizer um, for microbes. So, really, for the first two and a half three years of life, you're 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 growing into. You're kind of growing your garden. Um, or an infant's garden uh, into what is ultimately referred to as a steady state microbiome, and that and that stabilizes somewhere between, you know, eighteen to thirty six months. Or kind of there isn't yet a kind of conclusion on exactly when.
0: And what things like so, for instance, like I couldn't breastfeed my daughter; mm-hmm. never got breast milk because yes. she was adopted. Mm-hmm. So what or does that mean? She's a definite like she's deficient in that way and totally out of balance. N- or no,
1: and in fact, I, in fact, it's a really it's a it's a really great question because I think. One of the things that gets really also shamed is um, is uh, C-section versus vaginal and this idea that you, like, screwed your child if you end up with a C-section. But actually, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is really sad that we do that to women. But um, one but I feel of the, the same way about breastfeeding a little yeah, bit too. Yeah, for, for sure. And uh, Look, I, my journey with C started because I, could, I couldn't supply all of my son's breast milk after four months. And if you're someone who lives in this world the way that I do, it's like – it's almost where, like, I wish I didn't know so much, because um, right. it was a really hard, hard experience. But it was really my entrepreneurial, like, aha moment of, well, I'm going to go reinvent infant formula because the opi- options that are available to me, including the kind of like one percent, <laughs> right. uh, go buy the expensive stuff from like Europe, Germany, like uh, came was well not whatever. an answer right. that was sufficient to me. Um, and so, and specifically because of what we are knowing and continue to know about an infant's developing microbiome and things that we could do today. But that research is, expan- it really expanding very very quickly, and there's kind of a global race between a lot of the big CBG companies and number of labs around the world to like really understand that that f- that critical window when that steady state microbiome is kind of being is developing, um, in the absence of 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 um, things like breast milk. So to answer your question about about your daughter, and also to talk about C-section versus vaginal health, it's like one of the things that people say is that you know oh if it doesn't if a, if a child doesn't come through the um, birth canal it's not going to get the microbes from um, the fecal matter uh, and from the, the vaginal biome um, that kind of serve it to start that, that seeding process. But what they have found is that if a child's breastfed um, for six, at least six months um, to a year um, at around six months, the microbiome of a breastfed child versus a C-section child start to kind of like kind of start to look alike um, and that it's not as fatalistic as I think some people, um, or at least some media interpretations of the science, kind of have tried to make it out too. Um, in terms of your daughter, a lot of other things can make an impact um, environment, um, exposure to an, an animal. Oh, we have a being, lot of those. Being in nature, diet, stress. Um, Home cleaning products. They've just there's a really interesting infant study that just came out around um, infant obesity and like cleaning products. Interesting, interesting. Um, So really, you know, I think I think there are there are many, and obviously there's ways of testing it, but. Breast milk really is probably like one of the most critical, I mean, it from an evolutionary perspective, there's many reasons why it evolved and it's incredibly, incredibly important. Um, but I wouldn't say like in the absence of it, like you're just screwed for life. Right, 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 right. Um, I think there are other things and probably I would say actually what I should have mentioned is most notably whether or not um, an infant ha- is, uh, or a child has antibiotics in the first two years of life. That i'm glad be, we made it till three yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so talk to me about no but it's a really it's a it's a good marker it's a it's yeah, yeah. Two, two to three is a different there's a difference
0: talk to me about
1: what a healthy microbiome signifies like with these bridges you're talking about like sure. what are these invisible bridges mm. so like what does it mean oh like, i was when i was saying bridges i was just saying you know microbes are everywhere so they're they're on plants they're in animals they're on surfaces they're in us they're on us they're around us they surround us i was saying that we, we just like to say it seed like bacteria is the invisible internet of everything and so it was more just a statement of like do they communicate know, with each other yes very like much a mind so. communicating with yours right yeah now? oh yeah of course they're having a much better podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, but like what like what do they communicate <laughs> they like,
1: signal they signal to each other depend is that it, a little bit depends. like whatchamacallit, i'm totally blanking on the name the pheromones PSP. like and stuff like oh that. I, mm, does that have anything what, to do with it different microbes communicate in different ways um, they signal to each other um, even a dead microbe can signal to a microbe which is really interesting um kind of like <laughs> yeah. fascinating the what afterlife. are they what are I they say s- that in a meditation place it kind of takes on a different meaning i like but what are they signaling like depends whether or not to express a specific gene, whether or not to switch something on, you know, to certain specific genetic switches, um, they signal to other cells. Um, I feel like we need to start respecting
0: them a yeah. little bit more. Oh, I mean, it I feel like there's a lot of power that we haven't been like,
1: I mean, I think we've, we've, I think what I would say is that we haven't empowered them. Um, well, that's interesting. A really interesting way to so talk to me it. about that. So by yeah. empowering
0: them, what effects does that have on us as just our one mm. ecosystem and then us as a whole?
1: Well, I would say the first thing is that for anybody who has this notion that like most bacteria is bad or pathogenic um needs to change that and actually like less than 1% of bacterium that we have identified especially so even with kids. From. I was
0: very big on like get dirty it's fine I don't Absol- care yes. like really I was Absolutely. never I never had purell I never mm-hmm. had any of it. Yeah. I was like really
1: yeah and I think and look I got there, made like, fun of a lot for it but totally and look there's a there's a there's a um happy medium, um, when surgeons started washing their hands, um, more people survived, Right. So right. Cause a, like you're not an open body. <laughs> you, you know, so it, there, there are, there are, I think there are people who take anything, all of these things to an ex- extreme, which I don't think is, um, kind of what I was saying earlier, like not scientific and therefore not serving. Um, but when you think about how many Every day, we understand more and more about what these um, invisible organisms do in our bodies. We couldn't digest food without them. Um, they're incredibly impactful, and, and starting to understand even more and more around the gut-brain access. They impact cholesterol. They impact metabolic health, cellular health, how you respond to stress, how your body, res- how your immune, the health of your immune system, how you respond to any, literally any. You know, food is information. Um, Some people forget that like your, like anything that comes in from the external world is information and needs to be processed by your body. And so when you think about that, it's like they are they're like your IT department. Um, Oh, my God, I could finally afford one. They come for free. (laughs) (laughs) They come for free. They actually know which cable you need for which thing. they come for free and they don't fuck up all the time. It's it's, it's amazing. Um, And they really don't charge you, actually, which is incredible (laughs) unless you don't respect them as you were saying, but I think we think we forget that, you know, they produce incredibly, And I mean, like you couldn't synthesize vitamin K in your body without a microbe. Um, you know, you, you know, microbes can synthesize folate in your body. They can, do, I mean, there's, I mean, they're, they're responsible for the, the integrity of, you know, your, your gut or your digestive tract is, um, I like your intelligence TBD. Um, what about depression? they they certainly have impav- make, play a major role in your appetite and what you crave um, Interesting. And so you know, it's it's uh, they they play a role in your mouth. Um, obviously, bacteria, bad I mean, the, only, the cavity. I mean, the only reason cavities the cavities are are um, come from biofilms that bacteria create on the on the surface of your teeth. Um, so you know, I mean, really, if you think about, you have this like defense system that you can't see that sits you know that that decides what it's comes like in. It's like not feeding your front out. lines in a war zone. Right, exactly, which is like probably the last people you'd want to not have a power bar. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so w- when you think about the fact that you have this, um, we're we're, co- we're two-holed organism. So we have a mouth and an anus, and we have one external surface that lives inside our body. So we're donuts. If you think about a human, we're a donut. That's delicious. So <laughs> there's no hole, so it goes from here to here, and that's it. So your entire gut, your digestive system is technically an external surface to the world. Wow. So when you start to think that way, it's, if you lay it all out, it would be about the surface area of two tennis courts. Oh my God. In each of us, In each of us, not an infant, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you're like one tennis, court, but it's for an only <laughs> separated from our bodies from a cell wall. That's one cell thick, which if you think about it, it's like half a human hair. Wow. Um, and the integrity of that wall, um, you know, unlike one that we might build a certain part of our country, uh, is really important, um, and microbes are a big part of making sure that that wall, that epithelial layer, that that the what are called tight junctions, um, are really integrous and strong and that's what uh, makes sure you've probably heard a leaky gut or gut yeah. permeability um, it's really a big, big important part of and actually that's one of the big things that probiotics can do when you administer beneficial bacteria um, they can ensure that, the, that that junctions, those tight junction cells stay really tight so that nothing's going through your bloodstream and therefore triggering uh, your body to think there's a foreign there's an invader and, and triggering an immune response which is what autoimmune autoimmune condition <laughs>
0: Hey, I want to tell you about our next Den Talks Live. These events have been so much fun and this one is going to be a blast. We have the That's So Retrograde Girls coming back in for an ultimate girls night in. It's going to be 7.30pm Friday, May 17th at La Brea. There'll be CBD cocktails, mocktails, My Intent's going to be there making bracelets, we'll have some tarot card reading happening, some rosé, light bites, and of course tons of laughs. Ooh, and we're going to do a mini craft night with the ladies, which they are known for. And yes, I promise there'll still be an interview. So, go to DentalksPodcast.com, reserve your space this one is going to fill up and I promise it's going to be a great night. Can't wait to see you there. Hey guys, so here is the discount code, all the info you've been waiting for. I know you're going to want to get your hands on some of this product, so we're going to make it easier for you. Go to c.com, use code DEN20, that's D-E-N-20, at c.com for 20% off of your first month of the Daily Symbiotic. So there you go. You're getting 20% off. Go to c.com DEN20. 20 this is so what are like the and it sounds like probiotics are one of them mm-hmm. which i want to get to because that's more new in the grand yes. scheme of like things people are talking about what are easy takeaways of things people can do fiber to balance the plants e-
1: of the, it, there's a there was a recent um so the american gut project which is probably one of the largest citizen science like projects um recently published that you know and i'm sure a lot of your your audience is probably many either already eats a lot of plants or is vegan or you know or th- so this is probably not new but no, one no, but this the, is good because by the one way of the things that's that actually is new, not true one of the things that is new um, is this notion that actually it's about the diversity and the, and the abundance of um, so if you can eat up to like 40 types of plants a, a week they wow. found they found a correlation with a more diverse microbiome which you know of after $150 million spent under the Obama administration um, on the NIH's human microbiome project The conclusion was, A, there is no one healthy microbiome, but B, um, another kind of beautiful uh, parallel with society, the only markers of health um, that scientists kind of agree on for microbiome are around diversity um that is beautiful beautiful Um,
0: so the the more diverse you are with what you put into your mouth and then therefore gut yeah so so
1: um, by diverse healthy yeah so just diverse so i think what happens in a lot of like wellnessy like communities or like in people who like over index and interest in diet is like you find this thing that you love to eat and like you basically like eat the same thing every day right and i think what came out of that and by the way that's not me obviously that versus a big mac of course that's gonna be more healthy but of course you know one of the things that they found was that it was the diversity of plants um, that made a really big impact too. But it's interesting. It's Which like working out. Do. It's you like know.
0: working out too. If you always do the mm. same exercises, mm. you end up not having the same results, and you have to like switch it up. Mm. Yeah, kind I of? think, um, like kind of.
1: Thing. well, I, t- again, like I think people, I think that's the people's experience of it. Um, I don't, scientifically, I don't, I, I don't know, but um, I just absolutely just even behaviorally, like I think that's how people process things. And,
0: and what are things. things that we do that hurt our microbiome that like are easy things we can tell people just watch alcohol. this, pay attention. Okay. Alcohol
1: is a major perturbation, like alcohol ca- causes gut permeability. Um, and so that's, that's definitely a big one. Sugar. Is is a really big one, um, and that's all kinds of sugar, like even in fruit. I, you know, I mean, we're not. I'm not. Uh, the answer is processed. I mean, added sugar, so um, sugar that's not naturally occurring. Um, stress is not good for your microbiome. Actually, even stress from crowded crowded spaces, which is really interesting. How did <laughs> I love that specificity. Crowded, they, there's an interesting study about crowded spaces in the microbiome. Um, you know. Even um, living in what's called the built environment, which is, in, in, which is city, city life, um, has an impact on your microbiome, which, I f- which is really interesting. Um, they see lower diversity in, uh, like, urban dwellers. Um, having, having a – well, a good thing is having a pet, as I mentioned earlier, um, which can be really meaningful. Um, and then, like, sweeteners. So I was t- talking about sugar, but even they found, like, perturbations in the microbiome from sweeteners like aspartame and, uh, you know, other kind of, um, sugar replacements, um, antibiotics, like so, overusing. So I'm not not to be sensationalistic about not using them because antibiotics can be life saving at the right moment. Um, But not over not taking them prophylactically or when you don't. That drives need me them. crazy
0: when people are like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I have a cold. I called my doctor and they prescribed." I'm like, "You didn't yeah. even go like." I know. Chances are you probably had to wait it we're, out. For we're, 10 this, days. I know. we're the days. We're the Z pack
1: generation. Oh, so. I'm
0: so anti Z pack. It's yeah. like I mean, I'll take look. Mm-hmm. I gave my daughter an antibiotic sure. last week. She had a UTI. I'm not. Yeah. An- my parents are doctors. I'm That's not anti antibiotic mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But it makes me sad. These doctors will just prescribe it to get people off their back.
1: Yes. Well, I, I think it's. I think there's. Li- I think it's a liability thing too. Um, mm. Makes me sad. Um, and then and then NSAIDs like a lot of people don't think about that taking like ibuprofen and Advil, and a lot of those over the counter medications. I think they they don't sometimes. We now know that NSAIDs have an impact on um, on the microbiome also. Now,
0: when we say impact. Is it like, okay, I drank a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. So my, You're ba- fucked. my <laughs> right no my balance is off, but you know if I start paying attention and I'm eating my 38 was it 38 mm-hmm. like diverse plants mm-hmm. and I'm drinking does it all go back to balance? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a as a, as somebody who has to talk about this from a marketing perspective all the time, there is like kind of nothing that I wished more then like the microbiome was about like, you're out of balance. You go back to balance. Right, Cause you're selling, you're, right. You're selling you're, product. You're you're, like, replenished, take this. you're restored. And I wish that there was a way I wish there was, I, I what we're always find, trying to look for is like ways that we can be translators integrously with like where the science is today. And what's really interesting out of balance in in micro in microbiome science is called dysbiosis. Um, and what we don't, and and there are, by the way, even scientific journals use some of these lang- this language like restore replenish we're always trying to figure out what is the language that we could use where a scientist wouldn't cringe, but where somebody could understand it. And so, so you know, that's where you guys so are amazing because so you are bridging the gap. Yeah, except that because you know, except except it's it takes that extra second or or moments to really think about how you say something. I'd love to say restore, but restore implies that you're going back to where something was. Mm-hmm. And what we what we don't what we know is that you really ne- you can never return someone to exactly what. Where they were, where they're, where they were when they were three years old, where they were. Uh, there will be things in the future. Um, what are called like autologous FMTs, where we'll probably like freeze our stool and then reintroduce it at moments where, kind of, kind of the way like we do cord blood. Um, That's amazing. Things that kind of are, are yeah. So I think there'll be things. I mean, FMTs happen. Fecal transplants happen now, not actually even from your own, but from other healthy individuals. So there'll be. A whole other set of probiotics <laughs> uh, introduction of microbes that could be really beneficial. Um, but, but it, yeah, it's a really, it's a hard language to define. I wish for your audience, I could just say, yeah, you just, when you start eating more plant, you just go back and then it but you don't go it's, back. It's, I, I love to say that I, I would, I would say that um, to, to be determined in science in the future, Fair um, enough. but, but that there are absolutely things that we know post antibiotics, for example, probiotics, um, probiotics uh, plus other factors like lifestyle diet sleep um in, enough sleep is really important for your microbiome yeah you and I agree but with that yeah um I try the, the, I really try I really now the more it's like the more you more about study science, you have the to more you're just like I'm just going to sleep tonight for science <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it for science <laughs> yeah
0: but let's talk about probiotics because I mean that is the product you guys yes. have out now you call it a symbiotic, yes. which I love um it's, that's because it's a
1: probiotic and kind a prebiotic, prebiotic. Yes. what is the difference so the best way to think about it is that a probi- the most reductive way to say it. Be as reductive um, as possible. Probiotics, good bacteria. Prebiotic, food for good bacteria.
0: Okay. And why do people
1: take it separately? Um, you mean in general, like in the market now today? I mean, most people, well, a number of reasons. There are many, there are kind of two very distinct classes of prebiotics. Most things that are on the market today are are really food for the, for the microbes, for bacteria. Um, many of them, you don't know whether they're equal opportunity feeders. So you don't know that they're just going to feed the good stuff. Um, the ones that we use are actually a little bit more complex, which is that they're, they're large molecules that bacteria break down to, to create metabolites, um, and other things that are beneficial for your health. So, um, they're kind of, they're not like a substrate that they grow off of, but they're compounds that they break down. Sorry, They're large molecules. They break down into compounds and, and create these metabolites that, you know, different metabolites that are good for your health. So ours come from, uh, they're also called not they're non fermenting prebiotics whereas m- most in the market with e- probably a lot of your audience has something that's like called inulin or Goss or foss um, these are like long chain um, like galacto-oligosaccharides, fructose, these are the things that are on the back of the, yeah, yeah. and that most people like don't. You know, are like, well, I don't know what that is. That's what I'm saying, it's really confusing, because you're always
0: like, there's yes. a million probiotics, some have to be in the refrigerator, some Correct. don't. So I'm like, wait, how does this one have to be, this one doesn't, what does it mean? Is yeah, one better I mean, than the other?
1: <laughs> the answer is no one publishes their data, most people aren't transparent about what's in it. Um, most people don't even say which strain, they just say the species. So it's like selling you a book with a title with nothing on the pages. So it's very uh. hard, really hard to know or talk about other companies because most don't have this information radi- readily available. Um, I think what, what ours, for example, do not require refrigeration; they're shelf stable. Um, I think we we think that there's some aspects of refrigeration in terms of condensation that you know microbes are very sensitive to light, heat, and temperature. Um, and sorry, uh, light, heat, and um, moisture. And so things where there's going to be condensation, I think we sometimes think, are it could be even less, you know, more impactful than not being refrigerated. But again, incredibly hard to know because there's very little regulatory needed um, to have a probiotic on the market. Have,
0: okay, I want to ask a weird question because you mentioned, like, when they're dead, they can still communicate. (laughs) So, like... (laughs) what happens to your microbe like your microbiome when you pass away like does it mm. still exist does it move somewhere else does it disappear with you as uh, a really Cause it good. feels like if it's an ecosystem mm-hmm. within itself yes
1: it's a really really good question i mean obviously we we bury people a little differently now than probably when you know when when we were evolving and i mean one of the most beautiful things to understand about the microbiome is that it has a maternal lineage which means that it's been passed from mother to child and that's that the first the first microbial exposure is from the mother, which means that microbes travel from ma- on the maternal side, right? Which is really interesting um, just to think about, which yeah. I think is really beautiful. Um, as I think one of our emails says, we are responsible for stewarding the entire evolution of microbes from, um, um, you know, from mother to child, but still only get paid 80 cents on the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So um, true. Um the answer to the to the I have to I have to do a little bit more research for you. I need to think about. I'm that. so curious because, um, because
0: by the way, the more you talk about this, more I do feel like it's also spiritual. Like mm-hmm. I also picture like, yes. when they're in balance, it's like vibrating, mm-hmm. which I feel like for some reason that's where I went. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, they're vibrating, which to me is kind of exactly what through meditation, all these things we try and get to this like place of just
1: being where you actually mm-hmm. do feel all your energy. I don't know; it all feels mm-hmm. so connected. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, One of my one so probiotics uh, probiotics and like are the fastest growing consumer health category in the world, and I think one of the things and that's a reflection of our obsession with like gut mania, um and gut health, and my thesis for this has been not just because the yogurt industry spent billions of dollars telling everybody with Jamie Lee Curtis what probiotics are, um, (laughs) but because there's this centuries if not long more of like an understanding from Eastern philosophies that there was kind of something really important in there. And then you had all of a sudden, after the Human Genome Project, we had the technology to actually start to understand what these microbes um, were. Uh, and then that has obviously put microbiome science on this crazy trajectory. But what has happened is you have, you know, the microbiome is like this very, very rare area of science where like East and East and West kind of meet. Um, it's really cool. East says to West... Oh really? Like obviously we've known forever. Like you, it's, <laughs> oh, duh, it's. Oh really? You think it's important now? We've been telling you that for like centuries. Um, and then West was West is kind of like yeah, but you had no idea what was in it, and you certainly didn't know there was like a brain microbiome, and you certainly didn't know that it could do all these things, and also that you know, tumors will metabolize chemotherapy differently because of the microbiome of a tumor. So like, and then Easter people are like, oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So so now it's like, but it is this, it's very strange. Like if you think about we sequence the human genome, you don't walk into Whole Foods and see anything on the, that didn't impact anything on the shelf in Whole Foods. But what we're seeing is that the science is really coming online at a time where you've had this incredible move to alternative and preventive care. Um, And so they just kind of, I think in the, the Venn diagram is moving much closer to a circle. Um, and I think the microbiome is that really beautiful bridge, um, where they actually can both kind of talk to one another. Um, and I think, you know, of course, nutrition ends up being an also really important, uh, part of that, which has been very left out of, um, Western medicine, um, and is not taught in medical school in the ways that it really should be. And so I think now that the, starting to understand the inputs and the outputs um and how much like this three to five pounds in our body is actually incredibly impactful for so many things
0: so one last question before mm-hmm. we do your four use: mm-hmm. um what are like what is some of the biggest like if you had a myth bus like right mm-hmm. now what's one of the biggest fallacies out there whether it be a food like is it yogurt whether it be something about like what is the one thing you could say, tell people right now like you all believe this stop doing it and I know you don't like to say um, it in, in such uh, words. <laughs> oh, when, you, when you
1: started off saying, like, fallacies, I was like, oh, climate change, real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the I'll bring you back for to that say. one. <laughs> um, well, it's all connected. I mean, it's all connected. Um, I would say one of the biggest fallacies, uh, and, and by, by fallacy, I, you know, I certainly, certainly there's probably no no malintention in it, is is just this notion that, you know, fermented foods and kombucha um, are probiotics. And that yogurt is a probiotic. Oh, thank and God, because I don't like any of those yeah. things. <laughs> that makes me feel better. I've always well, felt so guilty not liking it. Yeah, well, I think... I They're mean, still good for you, though, right? I think wellness is like the new Photoshop. You know, I think yeah, there's it's just a whole new realm of being able to shame ourselves. <laughs> with, yeah, It's like a whole new language. It's like, oh, I don't look like this. Oh, that sucks. Oh, also I'm not eating this perfect thing. Mm-hmm. I also suck. It's I'm just okay. a horrible human. Yeah, I'm a horrible human. I don't actually um, want
0: to move off because mm-hmm. that is interesting when you brought up climate change and you joke mm-hmm. you're like they're all connected. Yeah. So I do love that. Again, that goes to the bigger mm-hmm. ecosystem of it at all. Yep. So it is I mean, That's we're so, so
1: narcissistic. I mean, we we always are like, well, we have to save the planet, or we 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 think of our health as somehow disconnected from the planet, right? Of um that like somehow our our health and what's happening to our bodies. Is not at all reflective of, or, and I don't mean just because like the air is bad, but like you know the, the decreasing in, of diversity of our microbiome internally um, is mirrored in the decreasing in diversity of the ecosystem of our planet. I mean, two weeks ago the official report came out that we've depleted seventy percent of the wildlife in this planet since nineteen seventy nine. Oh my god, seventy percent we've lost. They're all species. It's the same thing. And so, and you're saying there's always a link when, if you actually pay, if they yeah, can I mean, it, all of, I mean, all, all of the things, I mean, and, and that's before you start going into just like the things we do as humans to interrupt the environment. But it just, in terms of, I mean, there's so many parallels in terms of the things we're experiencing, um, you know, in human health, I mean, we've never been at a rate, we've never died of non-communicable diseases at the rate we are now any other time in history ever. I mean, like you didn't, you didn't die of. Cardiovascular disease like a hundred, you know, two hundred years ago. You died of influenza. <laughs> right. <laughs> you died of a, you know, you died of a plague. Um, you died of communicable diseases because you didn't have sewage. You didn't have, I mean, these, or sorry, sewage, sewage systems. I, I mean, we've never we're doing this to ourselves, and that's actually probably what's mo- kind of most terrifying. Um, and what you guys do, which I love, is you're empowering people to to take
0: the power into their own hands and know how to actually treat their bodies with respect and know, yeah. and know it for themselves, not just mm-hmm. listen.
1: You're not just saying, Hey, use my product. You're saying, no, in fact, I'm very much the, I mean, actually <laughs> I hope none of our investors are listening. <laughs> <laughs> very much the opposite in that. actually, one of the things we say all the time as a brand is that health doesn't come in a bottle, not even ours. And it's like, you know, if, if you're not making the right choices every day, um, this isn't the magic bullet there are no there there right. isn't and there there are none but i love that um, you guys don't pretend to be because that is no. marketing 101 no and yes and and i think that i think unfortunately like the fear based place from which most of these brands and people who sell you things for your body create um community Like if you, if you start, I mean, I think that's what's happening in politics today, right? It's, it's, that's where you get a lack of openness. That's where you don't ultimately end up trusting, but you end up trusting in fear. So, um, because you're too scared of what, of what, of what the, of the unknown. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the definition of trust. I think Esther, Esther Perel quoted somebody else recently telling me the definition of trust. And it was like this beautiful way of saying like, um, it is ultimately being okay um, and surrendering to a certain aspect of what's unknown. Um, and I think that all these brands and these companies, I mean, if they, they just, you know, these promises are terrifying. Right. <laughs> terrifying. Um, but mostly because they really don't encourage you to live scientifically. And that just goes back to the beginning of what you're saying, which is what would happen if you just weren't, if you just said, I'm going to try this ketogenic diet. I'm going to try this for two weeks. I'm, I'm going to see, does this serve me? How do I feel? I'm gonna document it. I'm gonna see what this feels like. I might have to iterate a little. I might have to. But what if it was? I don't need to start a Instagram handle called Keto Girl Five Six Seven. <laughs> I don't need to dedicate my entire life to believing that ketogenic diet is the only possible way because that's so that's not how science works. Science evolves and iterates because your microbiome yeah. changes. I'm assuming sure your microbiome saying, right? changes. Many other things parts in your of your body change. change. Um, science evolves, um, and so. Like what what would it mean if you just could ask questions and, and live in a place of kind of practice and experimentation um, and like what would and and actually how much better it would be off as a society. But it, it's it, it's a beautiful kind of methodology. And so I think in some ways that's that's probably what we try and instill more than anything, I love which that. is here's where the science is today. Here's maybe how we would approach it. Um, we had an incredible experience last Friday around the flu shot and we seemed to have pissed off a number of people who I would probably self-identify as like an anti-vaxxer. And it was, <laughs> it was m- our first moment of like, well, the honeymoon's over. Um, and it was an b- incredible moment where as a brand, you have to say like, you know, the people who've believed us up until now love our spiritual language and the way we've made science accessible. But the minute you surfaced something that all of a sudden- Their deep belief- is a belief that is at their core, what they must hold on to. Unfollow, buy, fuck you guys. Um, oh, I, you thought I had a customer. Now I know your core audience. You're You're backed by CDC. You're funded by big pharma. And I'm like, these are human beings that are like fundamentally just don't actually want to let any information in. Not because we're right. Not because we're right. They don't want to hear it, but just to even engage in the conversation, to even ask a well, question. I think you're right.
0: That is so. What's going on in society? That's no right. one will engage in any conversation except
1: that the same people who are often on the farther side are the ones who are often living in the space of saying we need to be open minded, we need to be healing. These are the people who have this a lot of the spiritual. You know, like a lot of the, the people who were uh, commenting about this stuff had soul vibe healer, <laughs> organic girl blah 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 like these are the people that should be stewarding the openness right, right. but they um, were very angry but they get immediately so angry and i was and it was our first but they're not, moment but like they're I, not living their practice which is what we always say all the time it's mm-hmm. not always comfortable but yes. you have to live it yeah and and so i think we just say like a healthy debate is is healthy for a reason for everyone yeah.
0: i am i could not i preach it all the time on here it's like ooh, it drives me crazy what's happening in society let's do your four yeah. use really quickly yeah favorite book
1: the People's History United States by Howardson. That's a great book. Um, I did I made that documentary. You did? Did you ever see it? Yes, that's amazing. Oh my god, I'm gonna rewatch it by
0: the way. Um, type of meditation you rely on the most? <laughs> Anything guided. Fair enough. I love that answer, actually. That's the most honest answer we've had on here. Do you journal or have any other daily practice? I walk. Everywhere? I know, you know, the first mm-hmm. time I met you, you and I went for a walk. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like to walk and in-
1: Talk, think, get a tea. Change my orientation. Favorite self care hack. Um is this is the same as personal practice?
0: No, like what's just something you do mm. like for you, it could be taking probiotics or mm-hmm. it could be as something you take a bubble bath, like what's your self care hack? I mean, it can be anything. It could be something weird. I don't it think could baths be. are
1: good for your vagina. Okay,
0: see, I love this. I love that we're ending on this. Someone who I just just, had just say vagina once. You know, it's funny that was our whole oh, thing. Yeah. Oh my god, we, you guys, we were on a panel together, and I mean, I'll just say it. We were. It, I actually wanted to ask you, and it got late, but it's hard. We both have businesses. We both have a three year old. We both have mm-hmm. significant others, and we were just talking about how exhausting it is, mm-hmm. and sometimes as much as you want to have sex, you're just tired. So we kept calling. <laughs> we're like, our vaginas are just so tired, so tired, and somehow that came out. The panel and that's we just right. kept referencing it every time they came to us that's we're like right. tired vaginas, yes. Our vaginas are so, tired. so by the way if you want some like really amazing panelists we're, we're right. up for grabs <laughs> um
1: myself you know myself oh i mean the, the the most simple one um which you know people be like well that's easier said than done i mean i think i've spent a tremendous amount of energy i'm sorry these are supposed to be fast that's fine practice of non-attachment and I mean that in the least like esoteric way possible and that is simply that I genuinely choose not to suffer in like the moment in everything as much to the extent that is ever possible um I think I spent so much of my life suffering in different ways um and I think I really see it and I think if you're empathic and you kind of walk the world with kind of an open heart. I think you just feel it in, in almost everybody, um, from barista to uh to the person you walk by on the street and so to your you know lift driver. Um yeah the trying Try. at least always moving towards non attachment is the probably better way to say it. I'm trying to make that choice. Mm-hmm.
0: It's empowering. Mm-hmm. Everything you do is empowering. I love this. Mm-hmm. You guys, she was amazing, isn't she? I mean you answered so many scientific questions that like I, I wouldn't even know where to begin <laughs> I still
1: I have to get back to you on the corpse thing though
0: I know and we're going to talk about it because I am mm-hmm. fascinated I feel like there's a, I like it's like a whole world like you explain thank you for breaking it's it lovely. down for me who I know just doesn't necessarily have a handle on it and thank you for being so open and fun and you guys don't forget she's going to do her personal practice which is actually a really cool thing I mm-hmm. love it and if you haven't subscribed please subscribe also go to our closed Facebook group for more conversation and stay tuned for her personal practice thank you thank you <laughs> Okay, so now is going to lead us in her personal practice, which is something she calls hands up and hands down.
1: Yes. It's not a dance actually. <laughs> and it reminds me of Club Med. Um, so actually I chose the most visual thing that, um, of course for a podcast, probably not ideal, but then no, the idea that I think in many of my, um, yoga classes over the years, I've had teachers that when you're in Shavasana kind of offer the opportunity for you to have your Kind of hands up, which would be receiving, um, and hands down, um, which I guess is a is kind of a practice of preserving or um, self love. And so, one of the things I often do, particularly like in meetings, although a lot of people don't notice it because it's usually under the table um, or uh, by myself or in, in my kind of in my in my mind. Sometimes I don't always do it exactly physically. Is um, when I'm in a meeting or or I'm going through life um, and some, something comes up, um, I'm, v- I make a very conscious choice of if it's something that I want to let in. And I usually have, or take the meeting, like at least one hand is up, or, um, if it's something that I feel, or I can already tell is going to feel incredibly depleting or may not serve me, whether it's that day, it doesn't, it may have nothing to do with the person or I'm, I have, like last night was up my entire night with my three-year-old. Um, I put my hands down um, and it's just a, a way of like kind of being self aware in the moment of of knowing kind of what feels right um, and what lets in. I, I find that in in what I do for work. Um, and actually, I once had a Chinese a Chinese um, medicine practitioner tell me that <laughs> tell me not to take a lot of meetings in a single day, just because um, you really have to be so careful about what you give what you give out. And I, I've always thought I've always thought about that. I can't say it's impacted my calendar as much as I would like it to, um, but I at least use this practice to kind of at least like attune myself to kind of whether or not um and I particularly think as women you you end up offering help and to do things a lot um to be in service and I, I really just try and use my w- my hands to kind of just like be a compass for what that kind of feels like in any given moment and what what should I should be offering because I'm the person that you know would off- kind of has a history of offering too much um and then as a result kind of feeling fairly depleted by it so hands up hands down
0: Den Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people. Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there.